0: Man, that's, that's a great, great process. And with the publishing, the books, I, I had mentioned in the opener, you know, about movies and possibly maybe even cartoons when I think about movies. Is that something you um, see yourself doing?
1: Yes. So the one thing that's, when it comes to animation for example, is like it's even more expensive than illustration. <laughs> um so one of the things I'm trying to move into and I found an artist who I can work with um fairly recently, like two 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 or three weeks ago, um, is graphic novels for kids because um the the price per page is relatively well it's like half the price of a picture book page. So you're talking $150, about forty five fifty dollars for um a graphic novel page with three or four characters on there um and I'm, i've basically got a few stories that i want to do that for the younger age group and hopefully from that once i start to get a bit of traction in that space we can start to think about um animation from some of the profits that we get fingers crossed
0: <laughs> Yeah. now the another reason i created the publishing um is because I said, I know I have 22 books because it's all based on our travels at the time. And we have even more now, like as far as idea. And I want to be able to control it. Do you feel with your traditional publishing deal that, you know, TV will come around to you and say, hey, we actually want to buy into this. Like, you know, they've, you know, majors have got into a few African-based Um, cartoons can you see that being a lane have you seen anybody you know approach you saying we could turn this if you sell us the rights we could you know make this and put it on even a bigger platform again as long as we can own you instead of you owning your idea
1: yeah I mean that hasn't happened yet and there are a few reasons for that Um, first of all and this is something I learned from like selling the first first book or the first two books uh, to a traditional publisher um, is that obviously a publisher wants all rights to the books and for the books that I sold, I did give them all rights. But I think going forward, um, I will have I, I understand more now what that means when you say you, you're selling all rights um, to a publisher and I didn't really understand it the first time around, but now that I do, um, I think I'll be looking to, to capitalize on that personally um, because... It's, it, it probably will be easier for me to have more creative control over who has, has the reins to this kind of thing. Um, to answer the other part of the question about um, African uh, sort of animation studios and stuff like that, um, there's a Ghanaian studio that uh, a few months ago got an Amazon Prime deal. Um, so there is potential there um, and large companies like Amazon are starting to reach out to um, various copywriters. Um, or copyright holders to see what, what IP they have and um, how they can sort of make that something uh, more global.
0: Okay, okay. And, and you know, you, you just dropped a bomb talking about um, that the, the Ghanaian company who got the deal with, with Amazon. Um, you're going to have to say their, their name if I get it wrong. If, is it the uh, proper dot uchi.africa,
1: no, no, what's that? Let me, let me, I I can't remember the names if I can find it one second.
0: Okay, because that's, that's major. I know working, you know, in this business behind the scenes, I know the people who help African filmmakers get deals on
1: Amazon
0: uh, and Netflix.
1: Yeah, it's called Mofra. So M-M-O-F-R-A. M M O F R A. And that's just, um, it's, it's, it's a Ghanaian language called tree and it means child, children. Mufra.
0: Okay. And is that the um, Mufa Foundation or studios?
1: Is a studio. So it's. Um, okay. Yeah.
0: You guys are getting real game out there. So if you want <laughs> to write books or children or even if you're an artist out there, now you know who might be hiring. And you can go reach out and say, yo, oh, let, uh, let me, let yeah, me, absolutely. let
1: me, you know. Yeah. And, and my, my, one of the things that I'm doing with my uh, company is also trying to find um, talents on the African continent. So uh, we've reached out to a number of illustrators and authors in Ghana, because it's not just about my stories, it's about Ghanaian stories, Nigerian stories, African stories. Um, and we want to try and train people where we can. So share the little that we know, make sure that people are, submitting the best work that they can and they're competing on the global stage.
0: And that's, that's what it's about, um, you know, cause even when you're talking, um, I'm never opposed of even partnering cause I know the ideas, the experiences that we have, um, many, what I consider my children, you know, the real African American children, um, <laughs> they, they, can, they can claim that title is to show other children, yeah, you guys can travel too. And don't be scared of the plane and don't be scared of the different foods and eating with your hand because the fufu and <laughs> uh, you, you guys call it ukazi. We call it Aero and Cameroon. You know, that th- th- this is the real food. It's better than that hamburger. So, you it. know, <laughs> it all down. But don't forget the... Pepe, got to put it in. <laughs> so, so, you kidding. know, yeah. and, and, and so I, I, I would even, you know, I like the energy and vibe. I, I wouldn't mind saying, hey, I want to put a book together and show with our different talents and the different networks. because when we come in globally, it, it takes me to an old joke Martin Lawrence used to say, when we come in globally to a place that we might be the only ones. They look at us different versus us coming with, you know, our handout. Yep. Oh, please, Massa, help me. But yep. when we come together, oh, you guys have unified and everyone has their talents. Everyone has their stories because I don't know the last time you've been on the continent, but you're still seeing cartoons from like the 80s and 90s in some places, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And you're like, what is this? And I can see more, you know, African stuff on YouTube um, or, or, or something. But um, but yeah, I, I, I love that. Now, with all the, the good that's going to happen with this series and the best is yet to come, what is a community, you're welcome, what is a community give back that you are doing or that you plan on doing in the future?
1: Sure. So um, for every book, like I said, our, 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 My real priority is to ensure that there's good quality children's books in Ghana. So what we do is that we, we, we print almost everything that we send to Ghana at, at cost. Um, and that means that publishers are close to cost. So that that means that booksellers and bookshops can, can sell them for much cheaper than um, they would typically sell a price for. So the retail price is very low, which means that kids can, more kids can afford them we also work with a number of foundations in ghana where we we send them books for free every time we do a print run um and i do uh what you call it zoom calls where we read a book together just to get them passionate about reading so this is all stuff i'm really passionate about and um, i do what i can when i can
0: man that's no that's that's just great great stuff and, you know, some folks will say, well, I have a job and you mentioned, you know, having a, you know, another business. Um, how do you manage it to, how do you find time to write?
1: <laughs> oh, That's a good question. I ask myself that question every day. Um, um, so I have a main job that I do. So I'm a software engineering manager, like for, that's what pays the bills. Um, so I, I do that. And then once that day is over, um, I try to slide in an hour here, an hour there. Um, sometimes when the kids are asleep, sometimes I wake up early in the morning um, and I try and do the other things that I need to do. On the weekends, I have like an hour slot where. Um, so I also manage a group called, I'm a, a co founder of a group called Black Creators in Kidlet. And that's a group of, uh, a community of uh, Black creators who write and illustrate across the world. So we've got people in Canada, people in America, people in Africa, basically everywhere. Um, and I sort of work with them as well. So I've got a time slot for that as well. Um, it's hard work. Don't get me wrong. It's a lot of hard work and it's a lot of late hours. Um, but somehow I manage to make it work most of the time. There are days that I just, I'm just too tired and I just don't do anything or any of those things but most of the time I manage to get a few hours in a week
0: okay and and so do you put it on your calendar or do you uh, to make the time because sometimes we live by these calendars and if it's not on there we're like you know it doesn't it doesn't exist I almost missed the meeting today was it on my proper calendar Yeah. yeah and it was with like four other people and I'm like felt so embarrassed but thank god they called me (laughs)
1: <laughs> well i don't i don't tend to use canada for a lot of these things because um the times you sort of have to find the opportunities for the time especially since i've got kids so it's when they're doing something or they are, they're not really available or they are, they've gone to school or something like that then i can sort of chip in a 15 minute slot here chip in a 15 minute slot there i've, I've got a meeting in the office um but there's, there's people that people aren't around and i can do a little bit of that during my workday or they sleep, like I said, or i have woken up early in the morning around six o'clock when, when it's quiet and I've done some of that. So uh, it's more about making the time to make sure. I've got like goals for the week. So I know that then end of this week, the X needs to be done. And it's about finding the time throughout the week to sort of make sure I reach that goal. But uh, I, calendars don't really work for me, unfortunately, with my schedule.
0: Well, okay, now we're going to go deeper into why they may not work for a software engineer because (laughs) I don't want to put you on the spot, but let's say, how many jobs do you have? Because every software engineer I know he's working with at least two other computers (laughs) sometimes, you know, trying to look for the third and say, hey, let me double dip, let me triple dip. So how many jobs are, if we want to call them projects so you don't get in trouble? Because I did have a a software engineer get in trouble on this show (laughs) saying, I saw you on a show and you're talking about how you got, you know, this many jobs and made, you know, almost half a million dollars. So a year. So how many jobs that you can talk about safely
1: do you have i have one job that i can talk about safely (laughs) (laughs) as a software engineering manager um but i tend to i tend to support people where i can so i'm again mentoring a number of people that have just finished school um and they're looking for jobs in the software engineering industry and so i help them with um cvs um I help them with practice in, like interviews and sometimes when they have like questions about bits of code that I have time for I'll help them with that as well um, every now and then when I when I when I when I feel crazy I, I'll post on Twitter that if you need if anybody needs uh, somebody to look at their CV or something you can you can DM me um, but I haven't done that for a long time because <laughs> well, I've got too much going on now <laughs> Uh, no, that, that's awesome. And, and you know, later on, that might
0: be a give back to help people with their CVs. Because, you know, I have mentees and I tell organizations before I mentor anybody, I don't know the last time I, you know, submitted a CV. And, you know, I, I have one somewhere deep in the files. but <laughs> I don't know if it's up to par. And, you know, just to let you know, I might I might be limited um in that area. So I, I love that. Now, who are the biggest buyers of your books? Are they folks in the UK, the US, or are they on the continent?
1: Good question. Um, so I tend to find that people in the UK and the, and, and, and the continents that tend to buy the books more. Um, and I think that has been the case because I have people on the ground in both places. I've not yet found um, a, a, somebody I can work with who is living in the US. And can sort of be the face of all the books, if you like. In Ghana, we've got somebody there. Um, in the UK, I'm here, obviously. Um, so I think having that that personal person there who is able to take queries, um, sort of make new relationships, and push the book um, makes a whole lot of difference. Um, so for for now, it's basically in the UK and in Ghana that they sell quite well. Oh.
0: Okay. okay. And, you know, what, what we find, we're going back to marketing a lot of, you know, black business period worldwide marketing. We, we are like walking billboards for other people's, you know, brands. But when it comes to marketing our own stuff, the same $500 somebody may spend on a pair of shoes or socks, they won't spend on their business. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you found that any influencer marketing has worked? or uh, at all
1: so that's one thing i'm exploring for this book um i haven't again this is this has been a learning care for me in terms of um getting through the marketing thing and trying to figure out how to advertise the product in a way that it gets people to take notice or more people to take notice so yes that's definitely something i'm looking through actively at the very at this time trying to find um good influencers who sort of are, are are compatible with the brand that i want to I want to portray and see how much that costs. I have, I've had some quotes coming already from some, some brands and they're, they spend, they're not cheap. <laughs> so not, into- a, not, not at all.
0: in the so marketing um, and we're going to talk offline about some things that I'm personally doing with some clients that I'm even advertising, you know, that is very affordable um, mm. for business. But I, I love this and I, and I love the, 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 the effort that you put into it. The reason why the majority of um, our children's books that even look like us aren't written by, are not written by us is because no one took that first step to try. So just that you tried and people, the numbers are staggering because you'll say, wait, it's like less than 2% of black authors um, who write children's books it's it, you know it's really really low and of course you can go on fiverr and get somebody to do your book i know people who have had books done for 150 bucks the whole book i don't know if that's fair and i don't think i the way our process works i it's like almost slave wages because of the time you have to tell your illustrator this this and this and you know i mean it's not it's not something i'd want to do and i like my i really love my illustrator um, because it's like your therapist sometimes. Yeah, but, uh-huh. <laughs> but but give give the people the game where they can get your book and where they can tap in.
1: Wonderful. Um, so I'm basically, I've got a website which is books by K. Mensa, UK, Um and people can go on there and re- request a book. Um, I've got a pre-order page that's coming up on Saturday. Um, the Kickstarter, the Kickstarter will start um, probably on the on the nineteenth, Juneteenth. Um and so they'll they'll be able to get it off there as well. Um, there'll be information on my Twitter, which is the same, Bennett K Mentor, right? um, Instagram, Bennett K Mensurides. Right? On Facebook, Bennett K Mensurides. Right? So lots of ways to get in touch um, and see what I'm doing, and hopefully we can all together make make this thing wonderful.
0: You guys don't forget the K, because if you see yes, the football, the you see the football <laughs> player, you'll say, hey. I didn't know he played football too. He's complaining <laughs> about, about, about what? But uh, you guys have been blessed by the game. We are going to take this offline. Thank you, brother,
1: for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. Really appreciate it.
2: Hi, guys. I'm Kai Gabiam from the Diaspora Channel, a lover of Africa. If you love Africa as well and you would love to visit one day or to relocate to Africa There is a course out there for you. And this course is my first trip to Africa. A course well put together by by a seasoned traveler, Kellen Cash Coleman. This course is designed to prepare you to travel better, which will save you both time and money. And the great news is this course Cost only $20 guys. It can't get any better. Go right now and enroll to this course at www.diversifygame.com. Don't miss out.
1: I'm a children's book author, and the name of my my business, if you like, is Books by Bennett K. Mensa. I'm based in the UK um and i'm preparing to launch my next children's book
2: this 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 is is, this is diversified diversified. a podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and
1: inclusive perspective with kelly he may
0: agree he may oppose and it's more than just race it's about you know ideas
1: so let the game begin
0: It's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, I have Bernard Mansa, all the way from the UK, a small city in the UK, not the big London or Manchester, but he's tucked where a writer should be, and he writes children's books and has a company that they're going to come out with books They'll later, I'm sure, turn out to movies. We're going to get the game from our brother, you know, with the Ghanaian background who just happens to be in the UK. How are you doing, brother?
1: I'm doing very well. We've had a, some good weather this week, so can't complain at all.
0: Awesome. And anybody who hasn't been to the UK, you know, um, it's like being in Seattle here in the States. You're probably only going to get a little bit of it in the year. So, you know, whatever good weather is,
1: because it's what you're <laughs> Absolutely.
0: <laughs> but, 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 t- tell us, how did you get into the children's book? market
1: sure so it all started with my little boy um so obviously i had him when i moved to um where i live right now and he's 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 always loved books i I i have always loved books and when as we're reading like lots of books before bedtime and stuff like that um we never i never really thought about um the diversity on his bookshelf until one day he came home from school and then he's he went he goes to this little small um, village school like with ninety children across the whole school, uh, in his class are like fifteen and that's it you know so he's the only color child of color there, and so he comes to one day and he goes like Daddy why am I not a peach, and I'm like what do you mean, <laughs> and it takes me a little while to figure out what he's trying to say, and so we had a conversation about it then. And afterward, I looked at his bookshelf and I'm like, I need to do something to change the, the representation on his bookshelf. So I got some books which were based by black pe- black authors, featured black characters. And we sort of, sort of started going through that conversation and having that conversation about how he's unique, he's wonderful, he's, he's fine just the way he is, that kind of thing. Um, and as I was doing it, I realized that there weren't very many stories that were told from an African perspective. So I was like, yeah, I'll do that. Um, and naivety is, is always the... the I, I didn't do a lot of research before I started, I'll be honest. And writing picture books is hard. Like People think writing novels is hard. Writing picture books is very, very hard because um, the way you need to, to speak to the kids, the way you need to uh, use your words, the way the illustrations play a big part of it, it's, it's a lot of stuff that you need to know as a, as a children's book writer. Um, so, yeah, that's when it started, about two years ago. And since then, I've had a few books, being, uh, which have been thankfully taken on by traditional publishers. But in traditional publishing, things take two, three years to come out. And the other passion that I have is obviously making sure that Ghanaian children have access to really good quality books that represent them. So I have a another business that I run, which is called Hapabon Nerds, which is a publisher purely focused on African literature. And um, looking for accessible quality African literature to print um, for for children in Ghana and across the world to understand the African perspective.
0: Now, my, my my audience, you know, those I have majority listeners, but the the people know I write books and. Mm my wife and I, we write children's books as well. And so the next questions I have are going to be all about me. And hopefully they bless you too, people, because I too, because I too created a publishing company, not to say, yeah. But the reason I did it was because the CDC sent me an email and said on your third book, will make you a member because you have the only nonfiction travel book of kids of color. I said, you nice. mean black kids, black kids? They're like, yeah, I told you we <laughs> gotta pay our color. I'm like, yeah, our kids <laughs> are black. <laughs> you know, yeah. my, I, I said, my my wife is from Cameroon and we love to travel. And so my my thing with having your, you know, being and put in these other little clicks and being able to whatever control. But I want to get in because you've done some very hard things. First of all, to get a traditional publishing deal, how many letters did you have to write to get that deal? And then I'm going to have more questions off that deal. But just let the people know, how many letters did it
1: take? Sure. So um, I was sort of lucky. So what happened initially was um, I was looking for an agent. Um, and I wrote this story and I was like, this is not going to be very hard to find an agent. It was super hard. Um, I went through like 50 rejection letters. Um, and part of it was, again, my naivety in the beginning, not understanding the, the structure of a picture book and what, what traditional publishers are looking for in terms of how you structure your, your picture book, how you put context into that picture book. Um, and so once I figured that out, I went to a number of courses and once I figured out that bit, um, I did one of these Twitter pitches, which um, I don't know whether you hear of them. They are called PitMad, Mad, DV Pit. There's a whole lot of them that they do on Twitter. So I put out my book there, and I managed to get an agent um, through that. Um, it was an interesting experience because she, when when she when she asked for the story, she said, "Can I can you send me two or three things else that you have?" And I'm like, "I don't have two or three things." So I basically spent a week writing two or three things and sending them off as well. Um, and she signed with me, and I told her from the get-go that I'm also going to self-publish because not everything I write will be suitable for traditional publishing. And mm-hmm. we, had that, we had that conversation, we had that understanding, that clarity before we, we sort of got into a partnership together. And then two months later, um, thankfully, we were able to sell two books um, to um, traditional publishers. I have a few more going to traditional publishers at the moment.
0: Okay. And and I want I want people to like really visualize this because that's a great thing to say, you're not gonna own me. I'm gonna submit what I want to submit to you, and you have a choice to take it. But so often I know authors in this space who Kellen, I get five thousand dollars a book. So whenever I'm done, I get five grand. Whatever I do, it's like the music industry, right? Yeah. And my little my little one was so good. She um she brought this is oh, the, that's really cute. Thank you. And this is them eating, um, you know, in the restaurant. You see the whole fish. Nice. Fish, fish has the thumbs up because yeah. fish love to be eaten whatnot. But, you know, and I have the hard copies as, as, as well um, for the libraries because here the libraries like to buy hard copies because kids eat up little, you know, Amazon copies. Uh, with, can you give the people, and I don't want them to know all your business, but can you? I like to burst people's bubble because people say, Kellen, well, you have books and you have movies and this and that. And I'm like, you need to understand that you don't get rich off writing books today, <laughs> unless you have like, you know, some huge name already. Yeah. But you don't get rich. So I know authors that have said in books that are on major things that have made 13,000 off books. Yeah. You know, um, John Acuff is one of them. And he was with Dave Ramsey, a big guy out here in yeah. finance, um, someone I follow. And so what range would you tell someone who's like, I want to make a book and them thinking, oh, I'm about to make $100,000 from this book. <laughs> what? Range if they are so lucky to get a deal, yeah. could they be looking at the profit at what just a range?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the numbers you've, you've mentioned so far the, the 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 what for a traditional publisher you're talking five thousand, um, to somewhere 15, 20 thousand, depending on really, like you said, how good your well, your writing is, and how good whether whether way it, it fits in the market, and what's what brand you have, um. If you're talking about self-publishing, then the margins are significantly less. So, for example, my first book, I barely broke even. Um, and there was, that was a learning experience as well, but the, I wasn't doing it to, to have profit. I was doing it because that was something I was passionate about and I, I wanted to put that story out there. Um, the second book, I'm hoping to make a little bit of profit so that I can continue to do what I do. And so I'm taking uh, a slightly different approach in terms of marketing to ensure that I've got like the, I'm hitting the right points in terms of the market and who I'm sort of talking to, like you, about the story and about um what I'm trying to do with it. And the
0: marketing, like, so my my whatever real job, you know, I run a consulting and PR firm, but the marketing is a, a that's, it, that's something totally like I have marketers, but we even sometimes go outside to see if there's anything new because we don't know it all. And yeah. marketing can be so expensive. Can you break down the range? Because people say, well, if I get traditional publishing, they're gonna give me a sign-on bonus. No, they may not give you. they probably won't. Yeah. But even if you do it yourself, how much are you spending in marketing before you even get to you know see the fruits of your labor?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um from, I'm not I'm not a marketing expert, but for the little I know, um it's about the number of impressions that you 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 are able to push out before people actually think about buying your book and traditionally you're talking about 20,000 30,000 impressions at a minimum. So, be people seeing your your book a number of times or the the story a number of times before they start to think, Hey, this is something I might want to buy. Um, And so you're talking anywhere in in UK pounds. Anyway, um, the cheapest digital campaign you could do, uh, which would get you that number of impressions. And that's just digital. There's no print. There's nothing else. That's around probably 400 pounds. Um, And if you want to get really into making sure that you get lots of people Uh, looking at your stuff then you're talking close to thousand pounds and upwards and that's that's you directly go into uh, places where you can market stuff and say hey i want to do some marketing um, put this out there for me if you're talking about with a pr firm um, you're going way above that you're talking thousand pound plus um, in terms of a marketing budget
0: let this be a teachable moment so you know if you're spending 400 pounds, um, you guys have to understand that that's 500 and something dollars. The pound is always so strong. Um, you know, I, I, almost, I almost had another, I had a royal joke, but I'm going to leave that
1: alone.
0: <laughs> live there. But, um, but, you know, off that 400 pounds, how many books are you selling? Because that does not always add up to, if I spend 400, I make even, break even, so yeah. in, in your experience can you let the people know so they won't think oh Kellen you're so negative you always <laughs> tell us you know no yeah. one can guarantee this you spend 400
1: what you, what happens sometimes yeah i mean you, you, it, it it depends like no advertising will guarantee and no no real advertising professional will guarantee you a number of sales based on the number of impressions you make um so it it, it can if you're lucky you get 10 20% conversion rate from um the from the, ad, the adverts that you put out there um so that if for example you were trying to sell 500 books out of the 400 pounds or 500 pounds that you've spent you probably sell 40 if 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 you're getting a normal conversion rate if for some reason the message sticks and you can you can people start to it starts to resonate with people then you can think you might get a bit more but i generally tend to be pessimistic about um, the power of, of, of markets. And because I know I'm not spending the, the hundreds of thousands, well, not hundreds of thousands, I'm not spending thousands of pounds on it. So um, I tried to be intentional about where I spend it and I hope that I can break even. And
0: that, that break even, um, you know, that's sometimes just the, the, the prayer to say, let me just break even so I can do this again.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
0: Now, can you talk about the relationship with the traditional publisher? Because I would think, you know, folks, some folks would hear that say, "Well, you mean I could make five thousand dollars off my book? I'll just write a book a week, a book a month." <laughs> um, <you know. laughs> talk about the process of them approving your book and how many revisions you had to do to
1: get. Yeah, there. absolutely. I mean, traditional publishing is is hard work. If if somebody is thinking of making quick money off a of traditional publishing, uh, they should. Definitely not, not think that because you can't do that in traditional publishing. So, for example, when I when I sold my book, it it went out to the market and it was on the market for three months before it sold. Um, and even whilst it was on the market, I had to do revisions to it. Um, so an editor would come back and say, "Can you make this more prominent? Can you touch touch on this topic a bit more?" Um, and I had to do all of those revisions before it sold. And then when it sold, um, it took about four or five months before the money reaches, gets to you. So um, you're, not, you're not going to make a living off selling books uh, to a traditional publisher. Um, and then the advance that you get, when you do get an advance, um, it's not always guaranteed, but when you do get an advance, it's always split up as well. So it's split up in three bits most of the time. So when you sign the contract, you get a quarter of it. Um, when you deliver the revisions, you get a quarter of it. When the illustrations are done, um, and and the copy te- uh, copy review has been done, then you get another quarter of it. So even over that six month period, so you basically what I'm saying is it can take a year for you to get like that five thousand dollars, and that's that's not a, a no unnatural time period for each
2: book.
0: Okay. And let's go even deeper on, you know, how long it takes to get paid. Because even if you're self-publishing, I mean, those royalties just kind of like flutter in. It's like Christmas where you're like, oh, I got some money. And it's not like... You know, it's not like it's money where I'm going to go buy the new Aston Martin, but you know, it's money I can put towards my kids and, you know, help them in in life because that's what we're doing it for. I think both of us are writing for the kids. So um, what do you do with the money? Because a lot of folks have a hard time, I find, like saying, wait, what do you mean have a separate bank account just for that? Uh, and let and pull from that. Like, how do you structure that in your mind? Because I, I'm I'm sending this interview to people that they struggle with my method. Because yeah. my method is we don't need to eat this money. This yeah. is like fun. You know, we're doing this for fun. So, how do you you know put that together on the banking side?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So. Um, the, 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 the message about keeping a separate bank account is definitely something I'll echo because it keeps your accounting simple, first of all, for taxes and everything else. So I do have a separate bank account. Um, when, when the money comes in, I apportion a number of, a, into different buckets. So some of the buckets I have are training, for example, because being a good writer is expensive. Um, there are courses that you might want to go on um to learn more about your craft um presentations seminars that kind of stuff so i have a little bit that i put aside um just so that when i do something, see something come up that money is going towards that so i can invest in myself um i also have a bit where i put aside for um the next book um in terms of its the illustrations because illustrations are expensive as you probably know um the uh the printing which is another cost that you have to basically swallow when you when you when you start to print for as a self-publisher um marketing all that kind of stuff i just put some aside for that that next book and then the rest is why i put is is why i leave as my um how shall i put it it's like my celebration budget and that's like 10 percent of everything that comes in and that's that's for me to to enjoy Um, what do i see for you to to buy invariably it comes to buying more books um but at least it's something it's a way of saying celebrating yourself really because you've done a lot of hard work to get to the point where somebody's actually buying the book in the first
0: i love that and you guys are gonna have to bear with me real quick because
1: when you're recording
0: outside which i do this podcast and it starts to rain in florida (laughs) you have to adjust your (laughs) table so you guys are getting that adjustment um view okay um (laughs) <laughs> let me let me put that. Boom. So, so can you go even talk more about the the um not just the taxes, but you know, when you're doing your budget and you're having to deal with, you know, your your wife, your spouse, um, you know, is she all on board on this or did she think you were crazy when you said, I'm gonna write a children's book?
1: The, the latter. <laughs> um so and and I, I think I was crazy when I said I was going to write a children's book because um if I had known and I'm just being frank with you, if I had known like um how hard it was going to be, I probably wouldn't have done it upfront. Um but because I was so invested by the time I started to figure out how hard it was, um, it wasn't something that I, I could I could feel that I could back out of, especially since I was doing it for my son as well. Um so, yeah, um, sorry, what was the question? I just had someone come in.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, no, it, 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 you
1: you, it, you answered the
0: both because for your your spouse to say, you know, I, I'll say this. My my first children's book, it was $150 a page. And, you know, I went through maybe two artists at like long spans. I wanted to start it. Hardest part of the life came, took a dip. And then um, when I found a, um, a black artist who could do this, I said, oh yeah, we're rocking. And it was the same price that I paid the other person. So that means we don't go get discounts, people, just because, <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, can you do it any cheaper than the last? No, you treat everybody fair. But like when you say, okay, I want to spend $150 a page, you know, children's books, there's so many pages you can do. You start, you know, you can hear things like, why? Why do you want to do that? So I, I just love that you are you are so open. And, you know, hopefully your um, your wife won't get too upset. Um, <laughs> I know mine won't because I'm just telling the truth. And I yeah. co-wrote the book because I wanted my wife's uh, opinion because I'm not that artsy kind of guy that is going to make everything neat. I, I wrote the, all the ideas out. But how do you go about, creating your books do you write the story first as far as the words or do you have the scenery and the background and scenario
1: it, it depends so some of my stories I I have like a very clear picture of what the art should look like and what I want to say with the art and then I write a story based on that um, but most of the time it's I've got the words or I've got a phrase that I want to sort of work on and the story is built around that phrase that concept that I want to do
0: Man, that's that's a great, great process. And with the publishing the books, I, I had mentioned in the opener, you know, about movies and possibly maybe even cartoons, when I think about movies, is that something you um, see yourself doing?
1: Yes. So the one thing that's when it comes to animation, for example, it's like it's even more expensive than illustration. <laughs> um, so one of the things I'm trying to move into, and I found an artist who I can work with um, fairly recently, like two, two, two or three weeks ago, um, is graphic novels for kids because um, the, the price per page is relatively, well, it's like half the price of a picture book page. So you're talking $150, about $45, 50 for um a graphic novel page with three or four characters on there um and I'm, i've basically got a few stories that i want to do that for the younger age group and hopefully from that once i start to get a bit of traction in that space we can start to think about um animation from some of the profits that we get fingers crossed
0: <laughs> Yeah. now the another reason i created the publishing um is because I said I know I have 22 books because it's all based on our travels at the time. And we have even more now, like as far as idea. And I want to be able to control it. Yeah. Do you feel with your traditional publishing deal that you know TV will come around to you and say, Hey, we actually want to buy into this? Like, you know, they they they've, you know, majors have got into a few African based. Um, cartoons can you see that being a lane have you seen anybody you know approach you saying we could turn this if you sell us the rights we could you know make this and put it on even a bigger platform again as long as we can own you instead of you owning your idea
1: yeah I mean that hasn't happened yet and there are a few reasons for that Um, first of all and this is something I learned from like selling the first but the first book or the first two books uh, to a traditional publisher um, is that obviously a publisher wants all rights to the books, and for the books that I sold, I did give them all rights. But I think going forward, um, I will have I, I understand more now what that means when you say you, you're selling all rights um, to a publisher, and I didn't really understand it the first time around. But now, that I do, um, I think I'll be looking to to capitalize on that personally um, because. It's, it, it probably will be easier for me to have more creative control over who has, has the reins to this kind of thing. Um, to answer the other part of the question about um, African uh, sort of animation studios and stuff like that, um, there's a Ghanaian studio that uh, a few months ago got an Amazon Prime deal. Um, so there is potential there um, and large companies like Amazon are starting to reach out to um, various copywriters or copyright holders to see what, what IP they have and um, how they can sort of make that something uh, more global.
0: Okay, okay. And, and you know, you, you just dropped a bomb talking about um, that the, the Ghanaian company who got the deal with, with Amazon. Um, you're going to have to say their, their name if I get it wrong. If, is it the uh, proper proper uchi.africa, no,
1: no, what's the? Let me, let me, I, I can't remember the names if I can find it one second.
0: Okay, because that's, that's major. I know working, you know, in this business behind the scenes, I know the people who help African filmmakers get deals yeah. on
1: Amazon
0: uh, and Netflix.
1: Yeah, it's called Mofra. So M-M-O-F-R-A.
0: M-M-O-F-R-A.
1: F-R-A. And that's just, um, it's, it's, it's a Ghanaian language called tree. And it means child, children. Mufra.
0: Okay. And is that the um, Mufa Foundation or studios?
1: Is a studio. So it's... Um, okay.
0: Yeah. You guys are getting real game out there. So if you want <laughs> to write books or children, or even if you're an artist out there, now you know who might be hiring and you can go reach out and say, oh, let me, uh, let me, let, yeah, me let me, you
1: know. Yeah. And, and my, my, one of the things that I'm doing with my uh, company is also trying to find um, talents on the African continent. So uh, we've reached out to a number of illustrators and authors in Ghana, because it's not just about my stories, it's about Ghanaian stories, Nigerian stories, African stories. Um, and we want to try and train people where we can. So share the little that we know, make sure that people are, submitting the best work that they can and they're competing on the global stage.
0: And that's, that's what it's about, um, you know, because even when you're talking, um, I've, I'm never opposed of even partnering because I know the ideas, the experiences that we have, um, many what I consider my children, you know, the real African-American children, um, <laughs> they, they, can, they can claim that title is to show other children, yeah, you guys can travel too. And don't be scared of the plane. And don't be scared of the different foods and eating with your hand because the fufu and everyone. <laughs> uh, you guys call it ukazi. We call it Aru in Cameroon. You know, that th- th- this is the real food. It's better than that hamburger. So, you it, know, <laughs> it all down. But don't forget the... Pepe, gotta put it in. So, so you know, yeah. And and, and so I I, I would even, you know, I like the energy and vibe. I I wouldn't mind saying, hey, I wanna put a book together and show with our different talents and the different networks. Because when we come in globally, it, it takes me to an old joke Martin Lawrence used to say when we come in globally to a place that we might be the only ones. They look at us different versus us coming with, you know, our handout. Yeah. Oh, please, NASA, help me. But yeah. when we come together, oh, you guys have unified and everyone has their talents. Everyone has their stories because I don't know the last time you've been on the continent, but you're still seeing cartoons from like the 80s and 90s in some places, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And you're like, what is this? And I can see more, you know, African stuff on YouTube um, or, or, or something. But um, but yeah, I, I, I love that. Now, with all the, the good that's going to happen with this series and the best is yet to come. What is a community? You're welcome. What is a community give back that you are doing or that you plan on doing in the future?
1: Sure. So um, for every book, like I said, our, 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 my real priority is to ensure that there's good quality children's books in Ghana. So what we do is that we, we, we print almost everything that we send to Ghana at, at cost. Um, and that means that publishers are close to cost. So that, that means that booksellers and bookshops can, can sell them for much cheaper than um, they would typically sell a price for. So the retail price is very low which means that kids can, more kids can afford them. We also work with a number of foundations in Ghana where we, we send them books for free every time we do a print run. Um, and I do, uh, what do you call it, Zoom calls where we read a book together just to get them passionate about reading. So this is all stuff I'm really passionate about and um, I do what I can when I can.
0: Man, that's no, that's, that's just great, great stuff and you know some folks will say well I have a job and you mentioned you know having a you know another business um how do you manage it to how do you find time to write
1: (laughs) oh that's a good question I ask myself that question every day um um, so I have a main job that I do so I'm a software engineering manager like for that's what pays the bills um so I, I do that and then once that day is over Um, I try to slide in an hour here, an hour there. Um, Sometimes when the kids are asleep, sometimes I wake up early in the morning um, and I try and do the other things that I need to do. On the weekends, I have like an hour slot where... um, So I also manage a group called... I'm a a co-founder of a group called Black Creators in Kidlet. And that's a group of... uh, A community of uh, Black creators who write and illustrate across the world. So we've got people in Canada, people in America, people in Africa, basically everywhere. Um, and I sort of work with them as well. So I've got a time slot for that as well. Um, it's hard work. Don't get me wrong, it's a lot of hard work and it's a lot of late hours. Um, but somehow I managed to make it work most of the time. There are days that I just I'm just too tired and I just don't do anything or any of those things. But most of the time I manage to get a few hours in a week.
0: Okay, and, and so do you put it on your calendar, or do you uh, to make the time? Because sometimes we live by these calendars, and if it's not on there, we're like, you know, it doesn't it doesn't exist. I almost missed the meeting today. Was it wasn't on my proper calendar? Yeah. You know? yeah. And it was with like four other people, and I'm like, felt so embarrassed. But thank God they called me.
1: <laughs> well i don't i don't tend to use calendars for a lot of these things because um the times you sort of have to find the opportunities for the time especially since i've got kids so it's when they're doing something or they are, they're not really available or they have, they've gone to school or something like that then i can sort of chip in a 15 minute slot here chip in a 15 minute slot there i've, I've got a meeting in the office um but there's, there's people that people aren't around and i can do a little bit of that during my workday or they are asleep, like I said, or I've woken up early in the morning around six o'clock when, when it's quiet, and I've done some of that. So uh, it's more about making the time to make sure. I've got like goals for the week. So I know that then of this week, the X needs to be done. And it's about finding the time throughout the week to sort of make sure I reach that goal. But uh, I, calendars don't really work for me, unfortunately, with my schedule.
0: Well, okay, now we're going to go deeper into why they may not work for a software engineer. Because (laughs) I don't want to put you on the spot, but let's say, how many jobs do you have? Because every software engineer I know, he's working with at least two other computers. Sometimes, you know, trying to look for the third and say, hey, let me double dip. Let me triple dip. So how many jobs are, if we want to call them projects, so you don't get in trouble? Because I did have a, a software engineer get in trouble on this show saying, I saw you on a show and you're talking about how you got, you know, this many jobs and made, you know, almost half a million dollars. So a year. So how many jobs that you can talk about safely
1: do you have i have one job that i can talk about safely (laughs) (laughs) as a software engineering manager um but i tend to i tend to support people where i can so i'm again mentoring a number of people that have just finished school um and they're looking for jobs in the software engineering industry and so i help them with um cvs um i help them with practice and like interviews and sometimes when they have like questions about bits of code that i have time for i'll help them with that as well um every now and then when i when i when i when i feel crazy i'll post on twitter that if you need if anybody needs uh, somebody to look at their cv or something you can you can dm me um but i haven't done that for a long time because (laughs) i've got too much going on now (laughs) Uh, no, that's that's awesome, and and you know later on that
0: might be a give back to help people with their CVs because you know I have mentees and I tell organizations before I mentor anybody, I don't know the last time I you know submitted a CV, and you know I, I have one somewhere deep in the files, but <laughs> I don't know if it's up to par, and you know just to let you know I might I might be limited, um in that area, so I, I love that now who are the biggest buyers of your books? Are they folks in the UK, the US, or are they on the continent?
1: Good question. Um, so I tend to find that people in the UK and the, and, and, and the continents that tend to buy the books more. Um, and I think that has been the case because I have people on the ground in both places. I've not yet found um, a, a, somebody I can work with who is living in the US and can sort of be the face of all the books if you like in ghana we've got somebody there Um, in the uk i'm here obviously um so i think having that that personal person there who is able to take queries um sort of make new relationships and push the book um makes a whole lot of difference um so for for now it's basically in the uk and in ghana that they sell quite well oh
0: Okay. okay. And, you know, what, what we find, we're going back to marketing a lot of, you know, black business period worldwide. Marketing, we, we are like walking billboards for other people's, you know, brands. But when it comes to marketing our own stuff, the same $500 somebody may spend on a pair of shoes or socks, they won't spend on their business.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, have you found that any influencer marketing has worked? or uh, at all
1: so that's one thing i'm exploring for this book um i haven't again this is this has been a learning curve for me in terms of um getting through the marketing thing and trying to figure out how to advertise the product in a way that it gets people to take notice or more people to take notice so yes that's definitely something i'm looking through actively at the very at this time trying to find um good influencers who sort of are, are are compatible with the brand that i want to I want to portray and see how much that costs. I have, I've had some quotes coming already from some, some brands and they're, they spend, they're not cheap. <laughs> not, to- a, not, not at all.
0: And the so marketing um, and we're going to talk offline about some things that I'm personally doing with some clients that I'm even advertising, you know, that is very affordable um, mm-hmm. for business. But I love this and I, and I love the, 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 the effort that you put into it. The reason why the majority of um, our children's books that even look like us aren't written by, are not written by us is because no one took that first step to try. So just that you tried and people, the numbers are staggering because you'll say, wait, it's like less than 2% of Black authors um, who write children's books it's it, you know it's really really low and of course you can go on fiverr and get somebody to do your book i know people who have had books done for 150 bucks the whole book i don't know if that's fair and i don't think i the way our process works i it's like almost slave wages because of the time you have to tell your illustrator this this and this and you know i mean it's not it's not something i'd want to do and i like my i really love my illustrator um, because it's like your therapist sometimes. Yeah, but, uh-huh. <laughs> but but give give the people the game where they can get your book and where they can tap in.
1: Wonderful. Um, so I'm basically, I've got a website which is books by K. Mensa, Um and people can go on there and re- request a book. Um, I've got a pre-order page that's coming up on Saturday. Um, the kickstarter the Kickstarter will start um, probably on the on the nineteenth, Um and so they'll, they'll, they'll be able to get it off there as well. Um, there'll be information on my Twitter, which is the same, Bennett K. Mensah, right? um, Instagram, Bennett K. Mensah, right? On Facebook, Bennett K. Mensah, right? So lots of ways to get in touch um, and see what I'm doing. And hopefully we can all together make make this thing wonderful.
0: You guys, don't forget the K. Because if you see yes, the football, the if you see the football <laughs> player, you'll say, hey, I didn't know he played football too. He's complaining about, about, about what? Well, uh, you guys have been blessed by the game. We are going to take this offline. Thank you, brother,
1: for coming on. Thank you very much for having me. Really appreciate it.
2: Hi, guys. I'm Kai Gabiam from the Diaspora Channel, a lover of Africa. If you love Africa as well and you would love to visit one day or to relocate to Africa, there is a course out there for you. And this course is my first trip to Africa, a course well put together by a seasoned traveler, Kellen Cash Coleman. This course is designed to prepare you to travel better, which will save you both time and money. And the great news is this course costs only 20 dollars guys it can't get any better go right now and enroll to this course at www.diversifygame.com. don't miss out